Hello, welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Steve, and with me today is... Teresa. <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Teresa. Uh, hey, guys. It was comedy moment before oh, we man. pressed record. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christ-likeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. It's a very long sentence if you don't actually take breaths. Um, Today, as we work our way through the different, uh, um, working through a a book that is like the different kind of monumental moments of Christ's life, uh, those kind of big moments where people um, remember the individual parables or, or stories, the interactions that he has with people, I realized that one of the things I did was I just sort of jumped in and started picking out ones that I liked. Uh, <laughs> my favorites. Like, uh, yeah, my favorites. And um, so now I realize, you know, we, we did some in the middle of the Gospels, and uh, now we're going backwards to the Old Testament for what the Old Testament tells us about Jesus. So okay. we're going to look at some of the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus, uh, and, and really only some. Very, yeah, very there's few. Lots. Because yeah, yeah. the Old Testament has nearly 300 prophecies about who or what Messiah would be like that Jesus fulfilled, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to look at a couple of them. And uh, the challenge here for us as we read our Bibles is to actually remember that the Old Testament bridges to the New Testament through Jesus, right? Like Jesus is the bridge. There is mm-hmm. there is that connection between the two. He was uh, born into a Jewish family that lived in Israel, that right. believed the Old Testament as God's word, right? And then, so every time that Jesus talks about teaching the scriptures, he's teaching the Old Testament. Right. Because the New Testament of hasn't course. been written, yeah, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So sometimes, though, we kind of lose track of that, the reality, and that the cross actually is a fulfillment of everything that the Old Testament is pointing at. So we have to kind of look back a little bit and sort of see how that works out. So a hmm. uh, fun fact of the day is okay. with the 300 prophecies okay. about the Messiah yeah. and Jesus fulfilling them all, some mathematician somewhere says that for one person to fill all of them, the odds are one in, one in a quadrillion. Oh, wow. Which is one and 17 zeros. Yeah, wow. So, that's intense. I mean, that's the mathematical thing, how they figure that out. I have I no idea. Know. I'm not a mathematician, but that's a lot of zeros, and it's a lot of convergence of details into one person's life, but specific details that were written hundreds of years mm. before he arrived, right? Right, right. So, uh, first one we're going to look at, we're kind of jumping all... one of my favorite all, Christmas verses. Yeah, Christmas <laughs> verses. Uh, we're jumping all over the Old Testament, but we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9 first. Okay, verse 2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Yeah, and then 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. There will be no end, yeah. 
on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Mm -hmm. So throne David, light, like there's a whole bunch of little pieces in there that become uh, words of prophecy about who the Messiah was going to be. Jesus fills all of them, but the Messiah is promised to come and be light to those in darkness, right? Um, Jesus even stood up at one point and said, I am the light of the world, right? It's during the Feast of Tabernacles when they would sleep out in the tents in their booths. Uh, So that's the Feast of Booths first. And then they would sit at night and there would be a moment where they would blow out all of the lights in all of Jerusalem and the only lights that remained were the temple where God dwelt. Hmm. And that's the moment where Jesus stands up and says, well, hold on, I'm the light of the world. Mm -hmm. Here's a prophecy in Isaiah that says this is why they kept getting mad at him. Like, you can't claim to say that about yourself unless you're God. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I'm the light of the world, yeah. right? He's, he's acknowledging who he is. <laughs> yeah. Those 300 prophecies were given to help identify who the Messiah was. Yeah. And this is one that we read, like you said, a lot at Christmas time because there's a star that lit the way in the darkness to lead God's people to the Messiah. Mm. Um, Isaiah 7:14, Isaiah is... Our Messiah is Emmanuel, mm, God, God with, with us, us, literally, quite literally, the, yeah, he exactly. came to be with us. Yeah. Um, so the fact that all of the teachers of the law mm-hmm. missed that he was going to be with us is yeah. almost the literal meaning. comical. Yeah. It's, they missed it so badly, it's almost comical. Yeah. Um, this uh, next section, we got three that we're going to look, well, two that we're going to look at in the Old Testament and then one in the New Testament. Uh, kind of a response, but Genesis three fifteen, uh, which is in theology called the Proto Evangelion. Mm-hmm. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He, excuse me, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Yeah, as he talks, uh, as the Lord talks to the serpent, um, so Satan, and uh, there will be. This battle cosmically between um, Jesus and and Satan. It's not a battle of equality. Jesus is God. Satan is a fallen angel, mm. a, a created being. So it's not like a Eastern mysticism, yin-yang right. kind no, of deal. Absolutely. They're not equal power, opposite sides. No. Jesus is God. There's, this battle was not one that, that Satan was ever going to win. And right off the bat, God says, look, there's going to be enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Um, you shall bruise his head uh, or his heel. He, he shall bruise your head, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is going to crush Satan, um, but he will be bruised. He will be hurt. He will be crucified. Right. Right. So there's this, this bit. And as we go on, if you were to go on with the pronouncements of the curses, uh, women, this is where pain and childbirth happens. So, God's original plan was that was going to be painless. Could you imagine? You would assume. Actually, you probably couldn't, but... And, and... Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, oh, there's a lot sorry. of women out there who... That yeah. would be amazing. And, well, I hear that man colds are really bad, Oh, right? do not <laughs> get going. <laughs> and then in, in the world of work, uh, sweat and right. toil <laughs> is difficult. And you can even read in here things like... Thorns and thistles maybe didn't exist. Anything that caused pain uh, or before the, the like pokey that? bits. Now, as hmm. 
as uh, a guy who has some pretty definite Scottish heritage. The thistle is a big <laughs> pretty deal. Pretty definite. Uh, Maclean. Maclean. But um, yeah, so there's some there's some promises there there that begin to show us right from the very beginning. Like yeah, it, it, you're right. it took no time at all between Adam and Eve and the disobedience in the garden with the fruit um, to God begins to say, like, be watching. Yeah. There is an offspring coming that is going to set this right. And and it's mm. going to be something that happens. There is a spiritual battle around us that we're called to be aware of. Um, because while Jesus has had his head bruised right. at the cross, you know, the figurative line here in in uh, 315 of Genesis, uh, Satan has not been dethroned mm. from this world yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is still to come, right? So there is still more promises that Jesus will fulfill. Um, we're going to jump from there to Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. All right. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. Yeah, so here we got the, the word of God written, right? There's a book it's to be read were to understand it. So we have to rely on God's word uh, to guide us in this. So like this whole thing, and I'm, I mean, you guys can't see, I'm waving my hands at my Bible. This whole book is given to us to direct us an understanding of who Jesus is and what he was about doing. What he did in his life and with the crucifixion is in direct response to the ebb and flow of uh, walking with God and then away from God that the people of Israel did all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this balance that has to, be, has to be found in that. We find that balance by following God's word, learning right. it, right? So if we don't spend time digging into Old Testament passages and realizing where Jesus actually is, right, where the, the pronouncements of the future are and in who Messiah would be and connect those to Jesus, we miss out. We, right. we don't have a complete faith. Right. We don't have the whole story uh, We don't story have either. the whole story mm-hmm. if we don't do that, right? And so Malachi 3.16 shows us that we need to surround ourselves with others to encourage and to honor God with the way that we live. Right. Right? We can't do this alone. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Yeah. So we got this, uh, this reality that, again, there's this cosmic spiritual battle going on around us Uh, we wake up every day and we see the world that we live in and we forget that there is so much more going on around us right right we still have satan and and his dominion and authority in this world that he's been given Uh, for this time we have jesus in heaven waiting to return with the riders clothed in white Mm. that you read about in revelation 19 and 20 for the marriage supper of the lamb when then like this massive cube is going to descend from the sky and 
rest on earth and there's a, a great resetting rechanging of the world back to the way that god intended it to be the mm. perfection that it was and we get to those who understand who jesus is we get to be part of that how that all plays out still is in front of us yeah but yet we have glimpses of what that looks like right here in scripture mm. right so we have to be part of communities of faith that help us to process through well what this all means right and that helps us to be assured of who jesus is but assured of what is going to happen and what is going on in the now but also in the future yeah 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 we're only halfway through oh goodness today no i'm just kidding (laughs) there's so many i didn't pick all 300 and then we're gonna go we're gonna go to micah yeah i love this book five verse two uh, he, Micah is the name of our oldest child. So, uh, I told my wife, Teresa, <laughs> before while we were dating, I was his wife, that my first born son would be Micah Nathaniel. And she said, I don't care. And it's then, true. I thought, well, why do I care? We, what you uh, want to name your firstborn kid? <laughs> and then our firstborn was <laughs> well. a son and I'm like, his name is Micah <laughs> Nathaniel. And then she realized I was not joking. Yeah. It, it yeah. It was one of those moments. Anyways, now... Deal, deal breaker. I, I, I put <laughs> it out front and said, <laughs> yeah. this is how it is. I just didn't pay attention because literally we had just started dating, so it didn't matter I to was me. making sure it was up there front, front You like played all your cards right away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a 5-2. But you, O Bethlehem, and Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. But you, O Bethlehem. So wrapped up in this little verse is a whole understanding of why Caesar Augustus makes yeah. this decree that there has to be a census and that Mary and Joseph have to travel, that Joseph commits to marrying Mary even though Jesus is not his child, and they move along so to many that spot where the things. census could happen, but it takes them to Bethlehem. Yeah. Right? The other thing that it does is it takes everybody else out of Bethlehem, mm. right? Like, if you think about it, this is like a, a great shifting of, the, of, of people. It would actually have made it a little bit, for some, more difficult to figure out who's actually from Bethlehem. Right. But for others, it would be much more, like, obvious. Right. Like, hey, these new people showed up. She's pregnant. They just yeah, got here. That's true. And there's a star in the sky and the shepherds are singing and there's angels. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. We don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. But the Messiah <laughs> would come from Bethlehem and the tribe of Judah. Uh, it's precise and it's specific. Yeah. There's no wiggle room. And it's mm-hmm. also you, O Bethlehem, Ephrath, who are, are too little to be among the clans of Judah. Yeah, I like that. It's who such are an too ig- little. insignificant little place. This is like... Rather than being from the big capital city, yeah, you're in the village 45 minutes outside of town that nobody knows anything about, right? Or, or, or maybe even farther, like, I yeah, don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's not being from the big economic center, it's not being from the place of power, it's not, be, it's being literally from the wrong side of the tracks, the backwoods, the whatever way you say it in your in the place that you're from, it's from being from somewhere that is totally insignificant. But God, in his wisdom, said, Bethlehem, I'm going to be precise. Hmm. I'm going to be specific. Mm-hmm. This is how it's going to happen. And then more than that, I'm going to make this happen in a way that no one else could have orchestrated it. Yeah, exactly. 
right? So God seems to enjoy taking what is, what seems unimportant and insignificant and to make uh, to use that and to make it the big part of his eternal purposes. Well, he even says, right? The first shall be last, the last shall be yeah. first. That seems to be something that he loves to do. Yeah. To take the weak and make them strong. Yeah. You know, now, like, that's not to say that Jesus is the for like the weak. No, absolutely not. But all of these crazy little details, um, if you were to navigate, if you were to say, I'm going to put G- the Messiah into the world, what time would you put him in? Well, wouldn't it make sense to wait till like TV was invented or <laughs> radio or like a bigger audience? Like, I don't know. You know, no, God chose that moment that time, that place, that way. Hmm. Uh, and it's pretty incredible when you begin to think about it. One in quadrillion, 17 zeros, uh, according to the mathematician. Um, let's go to Isaiah chapter 49, verses 14, 15, and 16. Oh, I was daydreaming. <laughs> Sorry, 14, 15, and 16. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can I? W- am I reading the right one? 49? Oh, no. No. Yeah, 49. 49 verses 14, yep. 15, 16. Isaiah. It just felt wrong. Yeah, no, yeah, no that's right. Sorry. The Lord has forgot- forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. Mm-hmm. So in the way in the back, right? This is when Jerusalem was destroyed. It was totally in rubble. Okay, I was trying to figure out how this. Everything had to be rebuilt, <laughs> right? Sense. Yeah, everything had to be rebuilt. Right. Um, right. And for Messiah to uh, come and Jesus to be crucified, the temple has to exist. Yes. So when the yes, people right. of Israel have to rebuild the city, there's an eternal purpose to that. Mm-hmm. And that's the difficulty for those that deny that Jesus is the Messiah. The temple is not built. Yeah, right. So when he has to show up as a child to the temple, can't be. It's all of these details. Even something as simple as this, there's this verse that talks about God not forsaking us, won't forget us. We're written on his hand. Like, he remembers all mm, of these details. I love details. that, the written on he my hand. He does not palm. forget us. The Messiah came for us. Because God does not, has not, and mm. will not forget us. Yeah, yeah. He knows all of us, all about us, every detail. Mm-hmm. Just like he knew every detail about how Jesus would come into this world and could front load all of this information into the Old Testament for us to read to be assured of who he is, right? Yeah, right. And then our last one, Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 7. Who has believed that he has heard from us, and now... And to him, and to whom, has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one who from men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. 
We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that before its shearing is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Yeah. Again, rich with details about how Jesus would live his life, what it would be like. Mm. Um, You know, it's bigger things, right? Like he, he's a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. Mm. He uh, was despised. We didn't esteem him. He was was rejected. Crushed. Like my my personally comical favorite one is verse fifty, chapter fifty three, verse two. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root of dry ground. He had no form or majesty <laughs> that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Apparently, Jesus was not winning beauty pageants. Hmm. Like, yeah. he was not the Hollywood leading man kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Did, like, you know, when I use our kids as examples in sermons, they, Which don't, they, they don't like. They don't like. How does Jesus feel about God the Father writing this <laughs> down about him? Hey, you know... Just so you know. He had no form of majesty <laughs> no that we form. should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Mm-hmm. Kind of ugly. <laughs> like, I don't know if you could say that. About, I just did. I just said it about Jesus. That's what the scripture says. You can interpret that any way you want. But here's this whole deal, and, and it comes down to where he's pierced with our iniquities. He's crushed for our transgressions. Chastisement is put upon him. He brings us peace. It's through his stripes that we're healed or his wounds that we're healed. We've all gone astray. We've turned mm. everyone to our own way. Such and good. the Lord laid it all on him. Yeah. He took all of that. And there we have the cross, right? We have it all. And and the plan that the Messiah would endure is clear in detail. And the pain that he would suffer mm-hmm. is clear in detail. I love the end with his wounds. We are healed. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Crushed. Bore our sins. Never mm-hmm. opened his mouth. Right. Yeah. Think of the not trial and all of the times that he could have defended himself and yeah. he chose not to. Well, I mean, he was, he is Are God. you the king of the Jews? It is as you say it is. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he didn't actually defend himself. Well, I never once, like he could have actually made it all stop. Yeah. He could have just said, okay. I'm not doing this. Like I'm, I'm done. done. How many yeah. times do we say that? I'm done. Yeah. Um, Sorry. And he did all of that for the people who despised him. Despised him. him. Right. Rejected um, him. If you listen to Tuesday's thing, we record kind of two a, two, uh, a week's worth of stuff back to back. So yeah. uh, this is the Thursday episode. We just recorded the, the Tuesday episode, which was Psalm 37. And wanted to talk about the righteous mm. and the wicked and yeah. how the wicked don't prosper and the righteous will gain the eternal reward. And, yeah, and here it is. Land. We are all the wicked. Yeah. Apart from Jesus. Apart from Jesus. We are the wicked. We have nothing. And, and there's nothing for us. Okay, we only touched one. Yeah, we didn't do a lot. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven-ish passages. Yeah. Depending on how you want to count them. Yep. Covered maybe like 20 of the prophecies about him. If you broke them all down and break them apart. Right. right. Wounded for our transgressions. Crushed for iniquities, chastisement brought us peace, stripes were healed. Like you can break it down and they do it that way with the prophecies. So there's quite a few of them in there. But my point in this is dig into the whole Bible. Mm. If you want to learn about who Jesus is and what he was doing and how he interacted with people, read the Gospels. 
But if you want to understand how Jesus interacted with the Old Testament and where the Old Testament pointed to him, we we unfortunately have to read it. You've got to get into that and go through it and spend the time studying it. Yeah, exactly. And and that's one of the things that, uh, as, as I was looking at, we're doing all these stories from Jesus' life, but we weren't picking up the piece that was mm. the hundreds of years before that his, the way his coming him. was being yeah. heralded by God yeah. through his prophets, through his priests, right. through the word that was being spoken. And we need to spend the time learning that so that we can get a better understanding of the big picture of what Jesus was doing more than just the individual story. stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or comment on our social streams, even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day, and I hope you can join us next time. Till next time.